On Sunday, September 12th, the House Ways and Means Committee released its plan to pay for President Joe Biden's Build Back Better program, which has been under heavy scrutiny by the GOP and is underway in Congress. Senator Joe Manchin, a right-leaning Democrat from West Virginia, reiterated his call on Sunday for a halt to the $3.5 trillion budget resolution, while Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont doubled down on the need to pass both the bipartisan infrastructure and budget reconciliation bills. Republicans have been railing against Biden's Build Back Better program over what they describe as rising inflation. Democrats, on the other hand, have described this proposal as an important step towards implementing a fair tax system for all living in the United States. However, some have pointed out that the House Democratic proposal does not go far enough to raise revenue or reduce extreme wealth inequality. Let's go to a clip now from Bloomberg because President uh, Biden has uh, traveled to several states uh, promoting his economic agenda. Biden says economic agenda would advance clean energy jobs. President Joe Biden urged lawmakers to support his economic agenda, saying it would combat climate change and create high-paying jobs by accelerating development of clean energy. We have to pick up the pace, Biden said Tuesday during a visit to the National Renewable Energy Laboratory in Arvada, Colorado. We don't have a lot of time. The visit to the research facility capped Biden's first presidential trip to the western U.S., where he held events to generate support for his economic agenda by pointing to the region's increasingly devastating wildfires and persistent drought. The trip comes as congressional Democrats, who narrowly control the House and Senate, are engaged in high-stakes negotiations over a $3.5 trillion tax and spending plan that encompasses much of Biden's agenda, including expanding social programs and addressing climate change. Biden said his separate infrastructure bill, which has passed the Senate and is awaiting a final vote in the House, would help the U.S. withstand increasingly severe weather. We're going to provide support to make our communities, including tribal nations, much more resilient to the impacts of climate change, Biden said. Earlier this week, House Democrats released a new package of tax increases hitting corporations and the wealthiest Americans to partially offset Biden's spending proposals. The plan would raise $2.1 trillion over 10 years by increasing the top corporate tax rate from 21% to 26.5% and the top rate on capital gains would rise from 20% to 25%. The increases are less than originally sought by the White House, a bid to hold the support of moderate and business-minded Democrats from swing districts. But leaders still face a difficult task holding ranks, with sharp differences among House Democrats over a drug pricing overhaul and Senate Democrats signaling deep divisions over the effort's overall cost. Republicans have objected to the amount of spending championed by the president, and have said increasing taxes on businesses would hurt the economy. Alrighty, and by the way, for those of you who are anxious to hear some analysis on the California governor's recall election, uh, stay tuned because Bill Gallegos will be joining us later in the hour for that. Uh, right now, though, we are focused on something that's going to... Um, hit the pocketbooks of a lot of folks and it's going to be whether it's going to be the wealthy or super wealthy or whether it'll be people like you and I. I'd like to welcome uh, Chuck Collins, 
a senior scholar at the Institute for Policy Studies. He directs the Institute's programs on inequality and the common good and co-edits inequality.org. He is the author of the books, Is Inequality in America Irreversible? and Born on Third Base, a one percenter makes the case for tackling inequality, bringing wealth home, and committing to the common good. He is co-author with Bill Gates Sr. of Wealth and Our Commonwealth, a case for taxing inherited fortunes, and with Mary Wright, The Moral Measure of the Economy, a book about Christian ethics and economic life. His new book is The Wealth Orders, how billionaires pay millions to hide trillions. Okay, Chuck Collins, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Margaret. Thank. Good morning. Uh, yes. Okay. Good morning, uh, Chuck. Now, um, much has been made of the what Biden describes as a care economy, and even in his infrastructure uh, plan, infrastructure, generally people think of roads, bridges, et cetera. But President Biden is also talking about the care of people, uh, you know, and uh, first of all, caregivers, but also low-wage workers and much more, as well as the environment. So there's a lot of pushback. Senator Joe Manchin has said, um, of the 3.5 trillion budget resolution that there's no way he's gonna vote for it. And perhaps it needs to be taken down to half of that while Bernie Sanders of Vermont on the other hand is saying uh, no way that that would be a huge disservice. Now, uh, Chuck, this business about taxes, President Biden did say he's not gonna raise taxes for people who earn uh, less than 400,000. I think that that is the, the cutoff. Tell us what is being proposed now in this legislation that the House is considering on taxes and, and what you think the implications are, Chuck. Yeah, Margaret, one way to think about it is we know that we're living in this period of extreme inequality, and people have proposed some pretty bold taxes like a wealth tax, uh, like an emergency pandemic tax on billionaires. Uh, Biden's Biden's proposal is more moderate, but it's still really good. Uh, as you say, it's not going to raise taxes on anybody with income over uh, under four hundred thousand uh, dollars, and it does, you know, raise taxes. It, you know, he had a lot of bold proposals. He still has them to treat income from wealth, tax it at the same rate as you know income from work, treat capital gains the same. Uh, he has proposals to eliminate fossil fuel subsidies. So what's important to understand is the House Ways and Means Committee is sort of where the whole revenue process starts. And they've put forward a bill that kind of, while it has some good components, actually weakens and goes, you know, uh, you know worse is worse than the Biden progressive tax proposal. So, for instance, it doesn't include elimination of fossil fuel subsidies. It doesn't include a bunch of provisions that would actually tax the billionaire class. It, it does, you know, as your run-up said, it does raise the corporate tax rate a bit. It does raise capital gains tax a bit, but it leaves out a bunch of the most important provisions that would actually reduce inequality and make billionaires pay their fair share. Um, so here we are in this debate. Uh, where will the money come from? And 
the House's Ways and Means Tax Writing Committee has put the first ink on the on the plan, and it's weaker, much weaker, in my opinion, than it should be. Right, and and why do you think that is? I mean, even with uh, such a weak proposal, we know that the Poor People's Campaign that I'm a supporter of um, and um, a part of the coordinating group in California for it, they've been doing a lot of push against um, um, Manchin, who seems to be mucking up the works here, and he is making a strong pushback. I mean, he's even saying what you're described as a weaker program, much weaker than likely you and I would like it uh, in this legislation. But nevertheless, he's talking about maybe cutting that in half and raising the whole concern about inflation, you know, as we have to be so worried about inflation. That's uh, one issue. What are your thoughts on that? Well, just on the inflation thing, actually, uh, reports are that inflation has actually gone down in the last month, um, and I think it will continue to go down. I think coming out of the pandemic, we had certain kinds of – we're still in it, obviously, but we had certain shortages uh, you know, that drove up prices. Um, it, it's a canard, though. Uh, it's sort of a distraction. The reality is, uh, whether it's Senator Manchin or conservatives, there's, they just, there's things in this proposal – spending that they don't like. They don't want to spend money on addressing climate change. They don't want to create uh, investments in childcare. Um, and they'll say, well, there's not enough money. And I think the point to come back is there is plenty of money. And, uh, and we've put forward you know, several trillion dollars of additional revenue raising uh, if the tax authorities, if the tax writers uh, support it. And the good news is the Senate and uh, Senate Finance Chair Ron Wyden uh, really criticized this initial House bill. He said, look, it, nothing should exempt the billionaires from paying their fair share. Um, so it's possible as it goes to the House floor that there'll be a mighty debate and House members will put forward more progressive revenue raisers, uh, things that you know eliminate some of the loopholes that the super rich have been using to avoid their taxes. Those are all still in play, and it's kind of up to us as listeners and the public to really pay attention at this moment, Let our because a lot of people aren't really paying attention to this conversation. It's sort of up in the clouds, but it really is the time to say, we want these big investments. This is our kind of one shot, and the reason that's a one shot is because it all has to be loaded into a reconciliation bill that only needs 51 votes. Some people have disingenuously said, well, geez, it's awfully big. Let's break it into pieces. But that's actually not the way anything will happen in the current Congress, which has such a slim Democratic majority. So this really is a, a moment to be paying attention and to pushing and saying, we, we shouldn't exempt billionaires. They should pay, their, pay more taxes. They had tremendous gains during the pandemic. Let's make sure they pay their fair share. And uh, for our listeners there in economics, inflation is a general rise in the price level of an economy 
over a period of time and the common measure of inflation is the inflation rate. Uh, the annualized percentage change in a general price index, usually the consumer uh, price index over time. And, you know, as you say, uh, Chuck, uh, and I also saw that inflation was actually going down, but this whole specter of inflation has been used politically uh, for decades now, it seems, and it seems as though it's being used right now uh, wrongfully to oppose uh, you know, what is being put forward. The The other thing, though, is that um, CNN is reporting, I think just yesterday, that Schumer, who is the Democratic leader in the Senate, he's not ruling out including a debt limit in this economic package. So it seems as though the package, though uh, um, weaker than we would like as it is, is still facing some horrendous hurdles in the Senate, but also in the House. I read that three uh, Democrats are now saying that they're not going to uh, vote for it because they're concerned about uh, what's what's in it having to do with um, trying to keep down drug prices, if you would believe this. So uh, your thoughts now, because people have to pay attention, uh, but we have to do a lot more because it seems to me as though, you know, this thing could be in trouble. Um, without push from the general public. Chuck. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, the corporate lobbyists are going crazy right now. And what they're looking for is one or two key people they can buy off, Joe Manchin being a good candidate for that. But, you know, here I'm sitting in Massachusetts uh, where, you know, uh, House Ways and Means Chairman Richie Neal, who really, you know, oversaw this package, we know that the lobbyists, go straight to him to knock out the fossil, to keep, to protect the fossil fuel subsidies. Um, here's, you know, so we do have to shore up these wobbly Democrats. You know, one thing that's important to understand is these tax the wealthy proposals are incredibly popular. 70% uh, of the public believes that, you know, and, and including Republicans and independents believe that the rich have not paid their fair share. This is the time to rebalance the tax code um, and that you know we know that with such a such a close margin that the lobbyists know they just need to pick off one or two uh, centrist senator, senators to sort of stall out the whole thing so this is where the will of the people really has to be heard and weighed in uh, and I think that the next 10 you know the next 10 days and the next couple of weeks are critical for people to hear that hey, we want these big, bold investments. We want government to step up and build a green infrastructure, and it should be paid for by the people who have done financially quite well in the pandemic. They've seen their wealth accelerate during this appalling pandemic. Um, so this is the time to, you know, here we are. We're at the 10th anniversary of Occupy Wall Street this week, where we all talked about the 1% and the 99%. Well, this is the moment to make sure we tax not just the 1%, but the, the one-tenth of 1% who've seen the biggest wealth gains in our society. Yeah, and 
Chuck, we know as this legislation moves forward, there's there, as you said, the lobbyists are in action and compromises are likely going to be made uh, even before it leaves the House, much less um, when it, it leaves the Senate, because as you know, the votes are not there, uh, certainly on the, the Senate side, and hopefully there will be no more bleeding of Democrats in the House. But uh, one uh, huge... Um, so, so there's a lot of worry that what's going to stay in and what's going to left out. And I, I wanted your thoughts on this in relation to the child tax credit. Uh, Yahoo News, they're reporting that the child tax credit is popular. A Reuters Ipsos poll found that 59% of U.S. adults, including 75 of people who identified themselves as Democrats, and interestingly, 41% of people who identified as Republicans um, actually liked uh, the child uh, tax credit. And in this uh, bill that is in the House right now, there is, because um, the credit was supposed to end at the, you know, the end of this year, and now it, they're saying take it through 2025. There are a number of us, including myself, frankly, that was disappointed that it wasn't made permanent. Um, so the the worry then will be what who's going to get dropped in the compromise and and historically it has been the sectors who have a bit more power not much power but a bit more power than others for example the wage sector as opposed to the unweighed sector like unpaid caregivers etc so uh, your thoughts on uh, some of these big ticket items like the the child tax credit. Uh, your comment on that, but also uh, your thoughts on the poverty measure, because I know the Poor People's Campaign have been pushing and have been quite upset about the poverty measure that's being used now by the United States as being entirely inadequate. Uh, Chuck Collins. Yeah, you know, I, and I think that um, the, the child tax credit is not only popular, it is effective. We are seeing poverty rates coming down. Uh, but, and the Poor People's Campaign is absolutely right. The, the measure that we use, this poverty line, uh, doesn't really show really that bottom 40% of households in the United States are living in a very, much more precarious condition uh, economically. But that's the good news about this child tax credit too. It really helps uh, broadly, you know, millions and millions of families, not just those below the poverty line. So, you know, and the key is, you know, how are we going to continue it? How are we going to pay for it? And uh, this is, again, where we are in the mighty fight of our time. Um, some people would like to end that child tax credit, you know, and or, or trim it back and not and make it, you know, even shorter in terms of the time. And then we're going to have to constantly be fighting to defend it. So it is popular. It works politically. You know, it's vulnerable. And that's where, uh, you know, if we can say, look, let's raise the tax on capital gains, let's tax cap and the preference for income from wealth that our tax system taxes lower and fund something like dedicate that money to, you know, the, the, you know and we can't technically dedicate it, but direct it toward things like extending and making permanent the child tax credit. Right there, you reduce the concentration of wealth and power that the billionaires have and you lift up, you know, millions of families that live in a precarious situation. Uh, it's what we, it's exactly the kind of thing 
we want uh, a, 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 our government to do. Right. And uh, Chuck, looking at the time, you are going to have to leave it there. But for people who want to uh, follow your work and, and find out more about this fight that's going on, I mean, as weakened as this proposal is, some people are saying that it is the greatest overhaul of the safety net in the United States since the New Deal. Uh, so there seems to be a lot at stake there. There's a, a lot in it around climate. There's the child tax credit that's in it. There's raising wages uh, for home care workers that's in it and and uh, much more. So Chuck, what can people do to be, you know, to follow your work and uh, to, to be in touch with perhaps the Institute for Policy Studies, Chuck? Yeah, people should definitely check out our website, inequality.org and sign up for our newsletter, which will keep people engaged uh, in the campaigns. And I'll just mention another website that's very specific to this moment called taxbillionairesnow.org. Uh, check that out, taxbillionairesnow.org, because that's really the campaign that we're in right now to um, make sure that this, these proposals don't get further watered down. Right. How appropriate. And as you say, the 10th anniversary, I can't believe, Chuck, that it's been already 10 years that we were out there in Los Angeles down at City Hall and the movement that spread worldwide and uh, the impact of which continues uh, to be felt. So Chuck Collins, we're gonna be following what's happening with Build Back Better uh, closely. We're always interested in, in someone being able to break down the economics side of it. So we thank you for joining us and we hope to have you back.